Hi, I'm Eric Dewey. And this is Steve O'Mooney. And I'm Matthew Renfro. And we're Socially Awkward. You're listening to another great production on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Which Super Mega Ranger is each chipmunk? <laughs> well, they already have the colors going for them, so... Oh, man, you're making me go back to, like, my Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger days. <laughs> for a minute there, I thought, he was, I thought you were going to say something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything uh, I say has got to be perverse. <laughs> Just, you know, 90%. What reputation have I created for myself? Why are you letting me stay in your hotel room? Do you realize what horrible mistakes you're making? <laughs> don't make me regret the decision. <laughs> I'm doing it to help. I don't want this to bite me in the later. Yeah, meowing at a night. kitten at 6 a.m. Don't be alarmed. I think I just realized that there's there are actually chipmunk versions of the Power Rangers theme songs on YouTube. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm going to find for our intro. <laughs> Time to find that really quick before we start recording. Here we go. Power Rangers Megaforce theme song, Chipmunk version. Are you serious? Oh, here's a better one. Here's the RPM Chipmunk version. Yes. The sad part is Dr. K doesn't sound any different. <laughs> <laughs> A computer virus has built armies of robotic soldiers and taken control of our world. But there is still one place we can be safe. The domed city of Corinth. The only hope we have left is... Today on the Power Hour, Episode 10, Ranger Nation Spotlight, Razzles Dazzles, the MMPR reboot, recorded on May 12, 2014. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. And I'm Chris, also known as Kickback. This episode is brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. Hello, Ranger Nation. So here we are, and with us we have a special member of Ranger Nation. Please welcome Andy, also known as Raz. Hi, guys. I'm Raz. Known as Razzle1337 on Twitter, and you all know my blog, Razzle's Dazzles. And that was a lot of lightning just then. I <laughs> heard that, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I want a dramatic okay. intro like that. <laughs> I'm Raz. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, for joining us on today's episode. We're glad to have you on. Thank you for letting me join. <laughs> I'm trying right. not to uh, kill your volume this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, please don't summon any more lightning yeah. during the podcast. <laughs> We have a lot of news to report about this week. 
So let's get right into it. First off, probably the biggest news of the entire week, Saban Brands made an announcement with Lionsgate that they're working with Lionsgate Films to produce a new live-action movie. According to the short press release, it is going to be a reboot of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, where five teens come together and discover extraordinary powers to save the world. This went completely viral last week and was featured on news sites like Time, IGN, Internet, uh, Internet, MTV, <laughs> and basically the entire Internet. <laughs> it, I, it was on Internet. I didn't even I screw that one up. You screwed that one up on your own. Well, Thank you. <laughs> The article actually went on the internet. That makes it uh, pretty viral. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you know, I hear it's hard to put things on the internet these days. You know, I didn't see it on Entertainment Tonight, so I don't know if it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> it might as well have been. I mean, it was. It seemed like you couldn't turn in any direction without hearing this news. Yeah, I had three different channels that I follow on YouTube talk about it, and I was just like, okay, everyone's kind of saying the same thing. There's going to be a reboot. We don't know much about it beyond that. I even had friends the next day post the link on my Facebook as if I wouldn't know about it already. They're like, hey, man, have you heard about this? <laughs> Do you know me at all? If you know me, you would know that I know this. So we actually got a question, and I want to hear all of your guys' thoughts about this, but uh, we got a question from Corey Gibson on Facebook, and he said, Do you want to see a new cast as the original Rangers or new characters as the MMPR team? What do you guys think? Uh, if it's going to be a reboot, I'd say keep it the original characters or just a new cast. Yeah, I would say if you're going to reboot it, you got to keep the same overall characters because the characters are kind of what helped make that show as popular as it was. Right. And as far as the cast goes, I'm all for using the old cast, but if you do it's got to be cameo roles yeah uh, definitely walter yeah. jones like the janitor yeah they can leave out jason david frank but the rest of them you know cameos it can almost be like a stan lee type of cameo that's what i would want like a brief maybe five second thing and it's like huh wait a minute so for older fans we get it instantly. Like you're saying, a couple seconds, but at least have them come out somewhere during like a really tough battle, kind of like they do in Sentai. Make them just appear and cheer on the rangers that are actually fighting, and then they just walk away. That'd be neat. Yeah, or maybe one of the rangers saves one of them or helps them out. That would be kind of cool. I think it'd be kind of cool, too, if you had one character that was training in martial arts and just happened to be that his trainer was one of the old original five. Uh, there you go. But with no reference made to the fact that right. the original Power Rangers be like, oh, Sensei. I think that'd be pretty cool that'd be a nice nod overall how excited are you guys about this are you excited about the idea do you think it's gonna fail what do you think i think it's gonna be pretty awesome i like a lot of other people think i think it's gonna revitalize the entire brand because there's so much good that can come from it that they can pull all the old mighty Morphin fans they can pull in the new kids that are into it and like i posted on my blog that there's so much that they can do with uh, social media all the toys that they can put out for it now there's so much good that can come from the movie you just have to hope that they'll actually take advantage of that potential yeah, I agree. And if they're working with a studio like Lionsgate, there's a lot of money that they can throw at this. And I hope they throw some money at this because I want to see it done right. I want to see amazing new suits, CGI that's going to blow us all away. I think much like the Star Trek reboot from 2009, I think this can bring a lot of people into the franchise and maybe give the franchise a shot in the arm that maybe Saban wants 
I think uh, teaming with Lionsgate is a brilliant move because Lionsgate is responsible for a lot of the box office topping films that are out there, like The Hunger Games, and you know, even though you may not like it, the, the Twilight. Twilight films were just huge box office numbers for them. So Lionsgate knows how to take a property and adapt it for feature film and have it be successful. Well, let me ask you guys a question real quick, too. Sure. Um, obviously, I, as a Power Rangers fan, I am excited, uh, although I wasn't too excited, only because we knew when Saban took over with Power Rangers Samurai, they had announced one of their intentions was to do a feature film. So right. all this is is finally the announcement that they're going to do it three years after the fact. But my question for you guys is, do you think the movies like Pacific Rim and the amazing reviews that the Godzilla flick is getting right now, do you think that maybe played a part in finally getting a company like Lionsgate to sign on to produce the movie? Well, Lionsgate has already been working with Saban for the DVDs ever since Samurai. Like you said, there was that original announcement from way back when they announced their partnership and when Saban re-inquired the franchise that a feature film was coming. But a lot of people probably assume that that was Clash of the Red Rangers, which was marketed as a new feature film, even though it wasn't in theaters per se, they marketed it as its own separate movie. So I think a lot of people were like, oh, that's what they meant. Okay. I still think that's why this announcement came as such a surprise that now we're getting a big budget hopefully, reboot of the franchise. I'd like to think that something like Pacific Rim had an impact on getting this pushed through because Pacific Rim is just an amazing movie. Seeing the giant robot versus giant monster genre being embraced by what's considered the mainstream audience is awesome, and it means that we'll be able to see them really kind of take off, and so I hope that they can come up with something for this reboot that is just going to blow us out of the water. Personally, for me, I don't really think it's as much Pacific Rim and Godzilla. I'd say it has more to do with the 17, 18 years of success that Power Rangers had when they talked about this a couple years ago. It's no doubt that the success of the brand is going strong and this is another way to open it up to a brand new audience i'm trying to be positive about it i just think that they need to not rush it for one thing and i know a lot of people are speculating that oh yeah we'll see a movie poster at power morphicon or blah 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 and i don't think that's going to happen usually for a big budget picture like this it takes a few years from announcement to writing to shooting the thing to finally getting it out it was announced now because i think we'll get it in time for the 25th anniversary and that gives them four years to really make a solid feature film well let me just make a real quick observation not to take this way off topic or anything but as you guys know i was a huge huge transformers fan for many 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 years and the amount of parallels between what's happening with power rangers right now and what happened with transformers when they announced their big movie the first one they did it's kind of funny just how similar the circumstances are because transformers around the time that the movie was announced was doing a lot of anniversary items stuff for the collectors the show had kind of taken off again in popularity after kind of dying out for a long time and it's just interesting to see that now power rangers is at that exact same point that transformers was at right. and transformers obviously took the right turn so to speak you can debate that all you want with the premise and everything but as far as popularity profitability it took the right turn and transformers is now a global franchise it's probably never going to go away power rangers now has that same opportunity and ahead of them 
it just determines on exactly what path they decide to take. With Transformers, we're getting a fourth film now, and it's been, what, seven years since the Transformers franchise started? Movie franchise, yes. Yeah, the, the well, I mean, yeah, the movie franchise. That's 30 what years for the actual franchise itself. Right, that's the thing. Now that Power Rangers has surpassed this 20-year milestone, I think a movie franchise could solidify it for at least the next 10 years. If successful, if the movie is not successful, if it's a flop, I don't want to say it's a nail in the coffin, but I I would see more shows akin to Samurai in terms of cheap budget copy-paste translations in the future if it doesn't succeed. That's why I want them to take their time with this and maybe release it as a 25th anniversary because I want them to do it right. And if they do it right and it hits on all cylinders, this could be so profitable for Saban and maybe we can see that money trickle down to make the show better. Right. Like what you said, Chris, with, they're at this same crossroads that Transformers was at mm-hmm. however many years ago. That observation, I am one of the most optimistic people so that kind of fills me with this huge hope of if this reboot could be as successful as the Transformers franchise has been, the possibilities are endless and it would be amazing to see what they could do again if this move is successful like we all hope it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to basically do Ranger Nation answers right now since we're deep in this topic right now and I want to hear what other people think. So okay. we asked Ranger Nation, what do you think of Saban and the Lionsgate announcement of the new Power Rangers film? We got quite a few answers, and let's go through them, maybe discuss them a little bit, and then we'll move on. First, Corey Gibson on Facebook said, I'm down for an alternate universe of MMPR, so long as they don't drag 20 years of baggage with it. Start clean from the ground up. Have skilled actors who actually know how to fight. And for future movies, keep with the dino theme. No mystic animals or ninjas. Yeah, I agree with that. This reboot should be exactly that. It should be a, hey, this is a film that is separate from the whole history of it. But at the same time, there should be little homages and things that maybe we as the more hardcore fans would recognize as a smile and wink at us. I know I keep bringing up the Star Trek reboot, but I think it was one that was successful. That's what I want them to do. They do their own thing, yet they still acknowledge the past legacy of the franchise. Yeah, so you talk about doing alternate ideas and stuff. What if they actually went out of left field and actually used Hiryuger instead of Zoo Ranger? Wow. I don't think that would work just because, and I don't think they'll do it, because Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, as you can tell, uh, Andy, just from going from the toy stores, which I know you do frequently, it's all MMPR. The legacy stuff, it's all MMPR. Uh, even the Super Mega Force stuff has a heavy emphasis on MMPR. You just can't get away from the Zoo Ranger suit. As much as I love Kyoruger, and I, I'm optimistically excited for the adaption, I just don't think the nostalgia, you can get away from nostalgia. The nostalgia is what sells it. I mean, look, with the exception of a couple news agencies that obviously didn't know what Power Rangers pictures to use. <laughs> right. They all use Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in their news article about this reboot. So Yeah, and to me, again, akin to the Star Trek franchise, they went with the original when they rebooted it. Yeah, as much as I would love to see a large screen Kyoruja adaption, I think we're stuck with the Mighty Morphin suits for better or worse. Can I just make a quick comment on Corey's comment about oh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. the future movies keeping with the dinosaur theme and not going into mystic animals or ninjas or stuff? 
stuff like that. To a point, I agree with that, and I can see this whole movie franchise. I can see like a, a three movie thing where the first movie is just the five main cast. The second movie could be the whole Green with Evil idea kind of brought back with an evil Power Ranger and the Dragon Zord and all that. Yeah. But in order to keep this movie successful, the movie, like most movies that are made that appeal to an audience like this, a lot of it's going to be merchandise sales. Right. A lot of it, I mean, look at Transformers. And the way Transformers reinvents itself is enough, just enough, is every movie they change, you know, Optimus Prime or Bumblebee just enough to warrant a brand new toy you got to go buy. And they had one or two more characters. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think Power Rangers can survive past one movie if they just keep re-releasing the same Megazord over and over and over again for each movie. You almost have to switch it up just to, number one, keep the merchandise sales going, and number two, even to keep the audience going a little bit. It's just also one thing I'm afraid of with this movie is I'm afraid of it going the Dragon Ball Evolution route. <laughs> God, none of us want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it depends, again, who they get to write, who they get to direct it, and how much of a budget that they're willing to throw into this. Because... If they put $50 million versus $150 million, I think that's going to make the difference in terms of return on investment and how much of a quality movie that we're going to get. Moving on, Christopher Evans said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not sure if I like the idea of yet another out-of-continuity film, though. Kind of hoping it has some legacy to it, not just a complete restart. And reimagine means all new. Cast, no more Tommy. <laughs> I, I was more excited before I read that it would be MMPR. I was hoping the timing meant Go Busters versus Kyoruger Dino Team-Up movie. I think it would have been amazing. It could hit summer 2016 during the hiatus of the second half of Dino Charge. I'm going to disagree a little bit with Chris Evans. I think he's more in the mentality of the Japanese summer movie mentality where it's ingrained enough into their culture where they have a yearly Sentai movie. I don't think that would work here. And plus adding two teams or in the case of the team up movie, four teams, I think that would really confuse a general audience, which is what they're aiming for. Exactly. And I was going to say, yeah, I think that would confuse. I was going to agree with your point is that would really throw the average consumer for a loop. Like, what's this? Why are these different now? I don't understand. And when that happens to a franchise, that's when you have some drop off. I think, though, for people that are, that enjoy that GoBusters vs. Kyoruger movie that had, obviously, the Zoo Rangers return, which is right. the Mighty Morphin, I actually think that this movie announcement, this reboot, could actually help and maybe even coerce Saban into actually adapting that movie in some way, shape, or form just to get the Mighty Morphin image back out there. Here's- I would actually love to see that as a two-part or even three-part episode in the Dino Charge series. And I just think that this movie announcement might actually help make that happen because now you want to obviously keep the picture of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the attention of the mass media, of the audience, and so forth, because you're making a big movie about it. So why not have a... Just do a quick two-parter, you know, like Clash of the Red Ranger that Samurai did. Throw it in the middle of of Dino Charge during the hiatus, and voila. Yeah, with Super Mega Force, that's the case. Because not only are they celebrating the past legacy, but MMPR is right in the credits. The team's right there. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep up this momentum of keeping that image out there. And I think with Judd Lynn coming back as an executive producer, he's helmed many seasons with team-ups. So he knows how to 
to write a team up and he knows how to produce a team up. I think using the footage that's already there with the Versus movie is a great opportunity. And if they don't use it, that's going to be a huge missed opportunity to promote more MMPR. Agreed. So moving on to Misty Songby. I'm anxious about what this means for the future of the franchise and unenthusiastic for the movie. I don't think MMPR needs a reboot. And if the film is successful, there's every likelihood that Saban will decide to end the series to put all their resources into the film franchise. And Power Rangers as we know it will be over. I also think that the fan base is wrong thinking the movie will be more mature, dark, and serious. Saban's stats are that the audience is trending younger than we were 20 years ago. More like 7 than 11. And is who they'll be aiming to impress. So you need to stop thinking Pacific Rim and Star Trek and start thinking Smurfs, Scarfield, etc. Also, someone needs to tell JDF that reboot means that they will be recasting a new teenage Tommy, not making a movie starring him. <laughs> I only agree with her final point there. I don't think that we should be expecting something like Smurfs or Garfield. It will be more in line with something that fans of the original series will want to go see. If they make it that age demographic Smurfs, right. Garfield, then Saban knows he's going to lose the established audience. Right. And we can take an example from the movie, the first movie that came out in 95. It had the fun and the comedy of the series, and it didn't take itself too seriously. Sure, there were these amazing action moments and only one more fight scene, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But I think they'll try to recapture the feel of that original movie which is a great movie for kids. It was a lot of fun. Well, I just think people need to remember, and and Misty, I I agree with some of your points, but I do want to say the difference between a Power Rangers movie and a Smurfs or Garfield movie is that the last two movies were marketed as family movies. This is something that the whole family could go to, mom and dad and the kids and the grandparents. Power Rangers is going to be marketed more like Pacific Rim, Star Trek, Godzilla, Transformers, because you want to get that older audience that goes, hey, I remember that. That looks cool. They did, they, they're doing something cool with it now to get that audience to go. Plus, the kids are going to go no matter what. If you're a right. fan of Power Rangers as a kid, you're going to go, mom, mom, dad, dad, you got to take me. I got to go. I got to go. I want to see this. I want to see this. <laughs> because I remember going to Transformers. Not to keep going back to Transformers, but like I said, the parallels are just so freaking ironic. They, they, they um, are there, yeah. yeah. I remember going to see uh, Dark a Side of the Moon or Dark of the Moon or whatever the third one was called, and I remember there's like a four-year-old kid in the front row. That was... <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's like 11.45 at night. What are you doing? <laughs> He's like, watching some Transformers. <laughs> he stayed awake more than I did, I'll tell you that much. So, <laughs> Moving on, our good friend George Hansen Jr. said, George, I'm nothing but cautiously excited for this film. No matter what the quality bar is, we will all see it. We don't know anything about the plot or the cast. We won't know for a long time. What I do know is that I've seen rebooted and reimagined franchises go either way, but never have I seen a television series alongside a big budget picture in this form. Having the show next to this film can only mean good things unless it were to cause the show to end. This movie might be a ways off, but I have faith in this franchise. It's my greatest hope that 21 years of buildup filled with highs and lows is not ignored after the potential success of a reboot film. Lionsgate has produced so many wonderful franchises in the past, and I know that Saban Brands cares for the success of Power Rangers on television and further. Wanting Power Rangers to grow and reach new fans is Saban's mission, and with the show, and more importantly the toys, doing exceedingly well right now, it's the perfect time to cash in with this film and future products. 
I can't wait to go to Toys R Us and see an aisle filled with products for the upcoming seasons alongside toys for this film. I love this franchise, and this movie will generate more fans than ever. I'll take two Power Rangers universes and twice the toys and fans any day of the week. That's that optimism I'm talking about right there. George hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what my hopes are as well. Epic. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, because you're the big Transformers fan, but during the movies, they still had the cartoon series going on at the same time, right? Well, it it got a little complicated because Hasbro wasn't sure how the Transformers movie was going to go over. It pulled pretty well in the pre-screenings or whatever, but just not to put all their ducks into one barrel, that's why they made the Transformers animated cartoon. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but it was completely different than the movie. I mean, you're talking like, yeah, you're like Teen Titan cartoon aesthetics versus the movie, which was, you know, super realistic. That was completely done just in case the movie flopped. Well, it turned out the movie didn't flop and they ended up canceling the animated show and eventually doing Transformers Prime, which was obviously more movie related. But as far as the toys go, Hasbro's pattern now is when the movie isn't out, the toy line starts for the movie about a month to two months before the movie releases, runs through the entire time the movie's in theaters, continues after the movie hits DVD, and then eventually stops. And at that point, they kind of recontinue their generations or their universe or whatever kind of collector-oriented toy line it is, which features a lot of stuff of reimagined, you know, original characters from the 80s, or now it's all about about, uh, the comic books they have out doing characters from that. So it, it kind of depends. I don't know. A lot of it's going to be up to what Bandai wants, I think, to be completely honest with you. Right. And that's also going to be up to retailers. You know, Walmart and Target really do control a lot of what these toy companies create. I finally had my epic moment right there. I heard it in the background, Eric. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? The, the thunder. The thunder and the lightning. But oh, also, God. It's just one of those things where, you know, Walmart may be like, you know what? We don't want that much Power Rangers in our toy aisles. Hey, they, they don't want that much now. Well, yeah, but if, yeah. if that's the way they are, they're going to be like, you can have one or the other. And at that point, then yeah, then they're not going to have Power Rangers super choo-choo force or whatever running alongside the movie reboot. It's just going to be <laughs> yeah, just the movie. I mean, movie. I'd say it would be tough uh, looking at what how shelves are even laid out right now because the Power Ranger sections are at like Target and Walmart. They're not gigantic. And comparing them to 20 years ago when I actually did shop for them when I was a kid, they were bigger. But I was going to say, Slurian Ranger said with uh, going in to like a Toys R Us and seeing the toys. When I was seven or eight or nine or whatever, when the movie came out, I hated going in Toys R Us and seeing the movie merchandise and the show merchandise at the same time because it was so confusing figuring out what was what. And I just want to add one more thing real quick about the toys. Sure. I don't want I don't want people to panic when they walk into Walmart or Target. <laughs> There's like one row of Power Rangers and going, oh God, the line is canceled. It's over. What's going on? Having talked to some friends who used to work at Hasbro, they don't anymore. But one of the ways that the retail space works is companies like like, well, it's pretty much Hasbro and, and Mattel are the two big ones. They actually buy a certain amount of retail space. So they're like, hey, on this toy aisle, we want this many feet of ability to put our product out. So when Power Rangers, which is just running a show right now, goes up against Captain America, the movie goes against Spider-Man, goes against the Transformers movie, goes against the Godzilla movie, they're going to have their space brought down because it's only beneficial for Walmart and for Target and for Toys R Us to sell yeah. more of these popular toys off of the popular movies than it is to just continue with the brand that 
that's going right now. So don't freak out. It's just, it's movie season. Movie toys are big. They push all the non-movie toys out. But guess what? Come Christmas, your stuff will be back. Moving on, the Monkey Grid said, I'm all for it. The notion of Power Rangers from another director's creative standpoint actually makes me optimistic. I know some aren't happy with the fact that the reimagining is going to be based on Mighty Morphin, but from a business standpoint, I get it. Next, William Wessel said, as long as it's not an MMPR remake, then yes. What I would really like is to take the Kyoja movie with all three dino teams, but I guess that would be a pipe dream. And it's going to be a pipe dream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> MJ, <laughs> MJ Budke, Pittsburgh Gamer on Twitter, he said, I honestly have no words. I just hope Sierra Hanna is in it. I actually hope they use the Megaforce <laughs> cast. It's a reach in terms of hope, but I think it makes sense in my opinion. Depends on the release date and all that. <laughs> I think it's another pipe dream. It would be nice. It's been established that it's going to be an MMPR reboot now, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's in the press release they mentioned mmpr yeah jonathan himmelfarb at john from israel said i'm super mega excited dollar in the jar (laughs) but later he goes on to say it's about people wanting matt austin to direct and jason smith to write the movie first don't get me wrong it would be awesome if that would happen but even if it won't it's not the end of the world Second, I don't think the petitions people created about it will happen. In fact, I actually think it makes it worse. Yeah, a lot of people have been petitioning for some past Power Ranger actors who have been involved with other producing it. What was that? I had a little... Chidiaf! Excuse me. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I think his point was I have seen some people... There's actually a petition out there to get Matt Austin to direct this film. Well, I think that's cool. I think they're going to go for some big names in terms of directing and writing. Yeah, like, I think like the guy from the MMPR it. fan film, right? Does right. he actually have a background in directing? Matt Austin? Yeah. Yeah, he has a huge background in directing. He directed several documentaries and short films. Yeah, he's a working director right now. Yeah, that's cool, and it would be cool to get a past actor that's now in another role, but I think Saban's going to go for A-list or of that similar established well, I character. I don't know about A-list. I mean, let's be honest here. We're not going to get Steven Spielberg presents Mighty Morphin Power no. No, I, I don't think we're going to get that, but they're going to at least pick someone with some big budget movie experience behind their back. You guys yeah. remember, too, it's got to be a safe pick. It's no offense against Matt Austin, but when possibly the future direction of your franchise is at stake, you're not going to go and take a gamble or take a risk. You're going to get someone that you're pretty sure is going to deliver something. And again, that's not taken away from Matt Austin, but he has he directed a $125, $150 million budget film before? No. Yeah, no, it, so. it, it, if I could throw my hat into the ring for a big name director who has experience with this sort of thing, it would definitely be Guillermo del Toro because of Pacific Rim. I think that him doing Power Rangers would just blow my mind. But that's okay. <laughs> I, think that, I think it would blow everyone's mind. <laughs> Didn't uh, Paul Schreier actually direct like an episode or two of Samurai, Super Samurai or Samurai? Uh, he did Turbo, I thought. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, we've had past actors go on to further their careers in filmmaking. But, again, Chris, like what you said, this is going to be a $100 million pitcher. And they, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. But they're not going to say, hey, Matt Austin. I mean, as much as I would love that, that would be very buttery. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. Can you and, hear me shaking my head at you? Cause I can hear yes. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, ooh, Ernst. <laughs> 
the second Batgirl, who now has the Toku Ladies podcast. Uh, she said, I'm mainly hoping that instead of just going with nostalgia, they remember the diversity of the original cast and what made MMPR great. And I don't think they're going to forget that. Again, I think they're going to try to recapture what made the series so popular back in the day. One of the videos I watched on YouTube is Andre Blacknerd yep, talked yep. about it. He said, you know what? At this point, guys, make the Black Ranger black, make the Yellow Ranger Asian, because it's kind of looped back on itself to where at one point it was a joke about maybe racist stereotypes, but now it's like, just follow through with it. Like, make it how we expect it to be. Agreed. All right, moving on. Ryan Cox at Ryan Cox 20 said, I'm interested to see how they reboot it and where they go if they get future movies. Also, please go away, JDF. Decca at Decca Blue 25 said, no JDF, that's my saying, LOL. I would like to see new people take on these roles. So we're going to put a theme <laughs> going here. Of, uh, uh, and like it, ties, it ties into our next segment very well. Oh, yeah. um, we'll get to fi- it. <laughs> finally, we have Sean at Snarky Sean. He said, honestly, I don't want any of the old Rangers back for the film. It's supposed to be teenagers, not middle-aged people. That's what MMPR is, teens with attitude. I either would like to see new Rangers or new actors for the old Rangers. Any final thoughts on the Power Rangers movie? I think that we have many, many, many months of speculation ahead of us. <laughs> I think we have a couple years of speculation. Yeah. I was going to say, I honestly don't expect to see or hear anything concrete until probably San Diego Comic Con next year, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we have a new segment <laughs> on Ranger Command Power Hour. This is where you insert the lightning crash. Greatest uh, like addition to this podcast ever. I love yes, I'm, idea. I'm because, totally jealous I didn't think of it. Because, <laughs> because, Chris, like you said a few episodes ago, you can't get away from JDF and his craziness. And down, like You could be in your house, like not on the internet or anything, and he'll like bust through your window and be like, yeah, buy this. <laughs> and then he'll disappear. Like I've said on Twitter before, I've blocked all of his accounts. I don't follow him on anything. Yet this stuff still shows up in my feed. I cannot get away from it. And I'm not going to... Welcome. (laughs) Well, it's not just you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So there's no way that we're ever going to get away from this guy. So why not embrace it with JDF Watch? JDF Watch 2014. Okay. Wow. Yeah. everybody in the room. <laughs> What's your favorite ranger? Green, 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 green. Green. Yeah. Who's your favorite ranger? Huh? Green. 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 All of this has been within the past week. Yeah. The past week. Okay. So first we have JDF took it upon himself to tell fans to basically spam a media contact at Lionsgate to get him back for the just announced Power Rangers reboot film. All posts were taken down later that day, but probably not before hundreds of his rabid fans filled these poor ladies inboxes 
Like, he woke up, saw the news, and in... What was that morning? Had a post, hey guys, there's gonna be a new movie, spam this email and tell him you want me, yeah, putty. Don't, don't forget <laughs> that the first post was, I totally gave him this idea with the Green Ranger movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, because Saban wasn't thinking about doing this for three years already. I mean, come on. So. It does make me wonder who actually said something to him about doing all that, that he deleted all the posts, and like, what happened? Probably oh, Saban. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the higher ups. <laughs> it was totally like, in my head, I picture his JDF's phone rings and it's Saban, and he's like, "Jason, I want you to well, couple this right now." Here's a funny thing, though. He had an Instagram video, just uh, chilling in my office, taking phone calls. Wait, someone's calling. Hello? Hey, oh, it's Saban on the phone. What's going on, buddy? And, yeah, I saw that too. Uh, so he's got a video for everything, unfortunately. I just imagine like a child getting scolded. Now that's bad. <laughs> Don't do that. Go sit in the corner. But I want to be in the new movie. No. <laughs> I want to the- see if you like follow him around all day. I want to see how many times you see him recording something and putting it on Instagram. Well, just look at his posts throughout the day. I mean, <laughs> I know. He makes if like you, 40 want to take the time to go and capture like each one of his videos and paste them together, you probably have almost 24 hours of every single day. <laughs> you know. I mean, he put, it was a picture of himself in the bathroom. It's like... Well, speaking of him being in a bathroom, our next... <laughs> our next story... There's a scarring image. No, he posted a video where he says... All right, it's baby table. Change the baby diapers. We're going to test it. See if it holds 200 pounds. Here we go. Nope. There you go. There's property damage. He's like the coolest 13-year-old I know. (laughs) (laughs) That that is the most apt description I've ever heard in my entire life. He's the coolest 13-year-old in the world. He's that one that's always taking videos of himself doing stupid <laughs> crap and putting it on YouTube. He's like, hey, guys, uh, follow my feed. Hi, I'm Jason David Frank, and welcome to Jackass. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Speaking of Jackass moves, JDF encourages reckless driving by posting a video of him racing down the highway against another car while filming it on his phone. All right, so here we are. I have this guy who wants to race me. Let's race, sucker. Let's race. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, I beat that little car. That little tiny car. The little, little, tiny, little, little car. I like how we're basically now the TMZ of JF. Well, don't forget the time where uh, <laughs> him and his wife... RCPH, yeah. Him and his wife got pulled over for speeding, and they didn't have any licenses or insurance or proof of registration on the car. Oh, yeah. That was all over YouTube. Yep. I mean, isn't this basically like the entertainment tonight of the Ranger fandom? This is. This is what <laughs> This is what we've become now. You need to get the entertainment tonight music. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh my god. I'm gonna work on that tonight. (laughs) Next, now we're moving on to the JDF merchandise section of JDF Watch. Now you too can own a piece of Power Rangers history with your very own Green Ranger spandex suit, one inch square. For fifty dollars. You can get an inch square that's stamped with the JDF official collector's piece stamp and signed cast fitting sheet you can contact <laughs> nikki and pay 400 something dollars and just get the suit minus the helmet yeah is, <laughs> i can't even as someone who loves props 
as yeah. a, a collector, as, as someone who just loves merchandise in general, the idea of him slicing up this suit, which was a screen used from suit, Super so Mega Force, from Super Mega Force, and he's just gonna snip it into little pieces and mail it off piece by piece. That's like tantamount to torture for kidnapping. That's like you send me fifty dollars, you get a piece of it in the mail. As a prop collector and someone who appreciates the props and the costumes of the show, this is sacrilegious to me. Why would you even do that? Why couldn't he just give one lucky fan, he get, hey, this is my screen-used costume, or sell it for charity, which he'll never do. There's no money to be made in that, man. Come on. Yeah, the yeah. only charity that JDF knows is the charity of JDF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this isn't the only thing that JDF is cutting up to sell. Facebook user Daniel Clark posted on the Henshin Vault, good friend uh, JC Alicantara, he's done props, uh, prop replicas, and he's also done the artwork for the Mega sets in the Legacy Collection DVD sets. Anyways, this Facebook user Daniel Clark discovered that the frames of original, quote-unquote, MMPR film that JDF is selling for $75 for two sections of film are actually from the trailer of the movie, not the actual movie reel that JDF advertised. He had this to say. He said, anybody thinking of paying $75 for JDF's from the actual movie roll film cells are mad. Let me just tell you that they are not from the actual movie role. They are from the trailer to the movie. How do I know? Because I own a copy. Now, I'm not against JDF doing it, but he needs to state that it's from the trailer, not the movie role. Here's the proof. And he enclosed uh, pictures on his Facebook, and I'll link to that in our show post. But he said, I've enclosed a picture of JDF's advert for sales. It shows a cell that was a close-up of the helmet, as in the part that they pan in on the trailer before they show each ranger. I've also enclosed some other pictures showing other images from this trailer. He is selling two cells per $75 for a trailer that is two and a half minutes long. So he at least has 3,600 cells. That means 1,800 cells of $75 each, which probably equals around $135,000 minus losses for postage and making the cardboard sleeve he signs, all based on what is actually fraud. I'll tell you what, if I could make 100 people buy four frames from this at $30 each, I'd cut it up and sell it in an instant. He's set to make a pretty good penny on all of this stuff. I think it's for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm that's, just that's still shocked that he's even allowed to do this uh, from Saban. I know that their Daniel Clark said here, getting one of these movie role cells isn't hard because the you know these trailers were nationwide. I'm sure there's quite a few copies out there floating around. Yeah, if JDF purchased one of these, I, I mean, I guess it's his right to do whatever he wants with it, but it just seems so scummy the thing that drives me nuts about jdf more than any other ranger actor is that he's the only one who actively persists on trying to sell pretty much himself 
to his fans, which he brings up every single time he posts about, oh, you fans are the greatest. I have so many fans. I'm your true hero. Blah, 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 blah. P.S. Please buy this. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what you said, Chris. He's selling himself as hard as he can just in an effort to stay relevant. And it's sad and it just... Ugh, I can't even, I can't, I can't. <laughs> so, actually, to go the complete opposite of that, sure. which Ranger actor would you say is the complete opposite of JDF? I'll say this right now, it's Aaron Cahill. She is such a sweetheart in person. She gives pretty much every person I see at a convention that goes up to her a hug. She spends time talking with them. She wants to hear people's stories. She couldn't be more for the fans, truly, than anyone. I think she's one of the nicest people in all the Ranger actors that I've seen at a convention. And th- there are many others, don't get me wrong. There are many other actors that genuinely care for their fans. But to me, she is the most down-to-heart and genuine that I've seen by far, first-hand experience. I, haven't, I was going to say, I haven't had the good fortune of meeting Aaron Cahill yet. Is she coming to Morphicon? Because hopefully she I'll get to... She will be. Yep. Okay, sweet. Then hopefully I'll actually meet her. And I think Austin St. John is probably the one I'd have to say is the polar opposite of JDF. You Funny know, how that he, works. <laughs> yeah. He may not exactly be like for the fans 100% of the time because he's been far too busy living his life and doing things that are actions of a real hero as opposed to somebody who is still trying to play the hero. I would agree with that. I would also say, um, and I I hope this trend changes because he kind of seems to be following Jason David Frank's method here, would be Jason Font, because the time I've met Jason Font, I like the greatest conversation with him. I mean, he sat there and talked, we talked about Denver and stuff like that, which is where I live, and Comic-Con and stuff out there. He was just very pleasant, very down-to-earth, had just wanted to sit down and chat. And yeah, lately he's kind of taken the JDF model of Yeah, and I got to have some personal time with Jason Font, me and a couple of the Chicagoland Rangers on Facebook. We had a private kind of get-together with him. It was great. We had lunch with him. He talked to us about filming the Legacy Super Mega Force finale, and it was just a great time. He genuinely cared about our stories, and that's why I'm kind of like, don't use Jason David Frank as your example. Please don't. Yeah, don't follow his example. Yeah, yeah. We can use him as an example of what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say as my example for that question, though, actually, would probably be from uh, when I went to Power Morphicon about two years ago, would be Mike Jin. I even talked to him on Twitter afterward, but when I was chatting with him at Power Morphicon at his table, he wanted to just sit and play around with all of his friends and just have casual conversations. And I actually took pictures of him making funny poses with some of the uh, girls that walked up with the morphers and stuff, things. And he was even using my morph to pose and all that. And he seemed like the, he was just there to hang out and have fun. And I loved to just sit there and talk to him. Hope he comes back. From our interview last episode with Susan and finding out that Dan Southworth doesn't even like charging for autographs, yeah. I think, yeah. wow. Like that, talk about a complete polar opposite. That ends JDF Watch. <laughs> JDF Watch 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kind of quickly power through these. What do you guys think about the Power Rangers swag force? I made it through about two video. minutes. The video what off. the hell was that? <laughs> like, who was smoking <laughs> when they decided to release that? <laughs> I want to know what part of Saban actually thought that was appropriate for kids. See, I don't think this was Saban. I think this was... Well, no, it was a Nickelodeon promo. But again, 
they have to get approval from Saban. So yeah, I I, I don't know. Watched maybe two minutes of it. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've seen. And I've seen a lot of stupid things with this fandom. So yeah, I'm out. But something like that wouldn't even be that hard to put together. All you need is permission to use the footage, and anybody could take that and put that footage together and make that. I actually well, thought it was a really bad. They created like fan thing <laughs> that all the all the Power Ranger message forums and news sites were were promoting like crazy. I was like, wow, that that's kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it even was it wasn't even using the current season was weird. So the less we talk about it, the better. Finally, yep. in our news, <laughs> Power Morphicon announced more guests. I think they're up to eighty-three guests right now, which is insane. I've never been to a convention with eighty-three guests, aside from like Wizard World and the big ones. But for a targeted fan convention, this is huge. Recently announced were Regia Ann, uh, Delphine, the Mighty Morphin Alien White Ranger. We've got Ari Boyland, who played Finn, RPM Ranger Operator Series Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Scottish, and I'm... That's a horrible... That that poor guy is going to get stuck doing that accent all weekend long. He has no idea what he's getting himself. (laughs) I can't help but think about how many times people are going to ask him to say, I'm Scottish. David D. Latour, who played RJ, Jungle Fury Wolf Ranger. Mark Richardson, who I'm really excited for because he's the original Power Rangers prop master. That's awesome. Just seeing some of the stuff he brought to RoboToyFest, I'm really looking forward to see what he brings to Power Morphicon. Yes, and hopefully I save enough to buy something, because <laughs> I would love an original prop. And just announced today, as a uh, day we recorded, David Fielding, the voice and face of Zordon. I can't even begin to fathom <laughs> how be awesome that is. Voice, uh, voice actor panel. Yes, I cannot wait for that. Just just think about, Zach, think about that. Go back and look over all the voice actors that are going to be there and just think oh. about it for a little bit. I, I'm, You're going to have Zordon talking smack to Rita, Lord Zed, Goldar, <laughs> Dark Spectre, Diabolico. I mean... It's, I can't even be... Like, I, oh God. Don't get me Seven, started on voices, because after last week's episode... Uh, <laughs> Kerrigan, oh, uh, and, and can we just quit... Can we just quick shout out to Kerrigan Mahan because he's, like, shout out he's to the best Mahan. guy ever. Mahan. Kerrigan, we love you. Yes, we had he's... the best conversation on Twitter. I spoke with him, so we're definitely going to be getting an interview this summer with him. Also said that he is down for the Ranger Command slash Toku drunk cast. That'll be at Power Morphicon. We'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Plug. And finally, <laughs> Michael Copon, Time Force Blue. Blue Ranger. Awesome. Is this his first convention appearance? I think it might be. Yeah, I don't think he's been at any of them. So One thing I have to say about Michael Copan, I said earlier, and I'll, I think it would be awesome to see him, but I just find it funny because most of the Time Force stuff that I read is people constantly saying how they only cared about Jen, Wes, and Eric. And then suddenly <laughs> when Michael Copan is announced, it's like everyone is suddenly a huge fan of his. It's like... <laughs> well, just kind of like Danny Slavin disappeared for the longest time. <laughs> right. he came back, suddenly everyone's like, he's the greatest Red Ranger ever. Same with uh, Sean C.W. John. Johnson. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but like they weren't in... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tread carefully about Sean Johnson. Because oh, I, love, AP... I, love, I love me some Carter. Don't <laughs> okay. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. A- AP will come after you. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You <laughs> jerk. That was, no, that was her attack. She just transferred her groan of indifference to Chris. <laughs> eh. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Whoa, I feel weird. <laughs> Shake that one out. Woo! Yeah. All right, so now the reason why we're all here, <laughs> and this is going to be a great long episode, but we are spotlighting Andy, also known as Raz, and we're here to talk about your great contributions to Ranger Nation and helping people find toys and find out toy information and all of these great things. So first, I've got to ask, what got you into toy collecting? Honestly, I collected the toys when I was a kid and collected them up until about Lost Galaxy. And then I dropped out of Lost Galaxy when the hiatus started. But then I got back into the toys when the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, reversion was going on. I found all four of the RPM Megazords at a Ross. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get that. So <laughs> I did. And I thought it was like so awesome. And it was like the first Power Rangers toy I had bought in probably like 10 or 12 years. And then wow. Samurai came out. I went and bought a Samurai Megazord. It really just went from there that I started getting back into Power Rangers toy collecting. Going from toy collecting to what you do now, what actually pushed you to start searching for toys and case assortment numbers and UPC codes and release dates? Because you're on top of it. <laughs> so what, what was that transition, I guess? What pushed you to start doing this? Before I was doing that, I was mostly keeping up with what, what all the latest toys were on like Ranger Board and, and some of the sites like Big Bad Toy Store, I was ordering some of the cases just to get some toys that were a little bit harder to find. What made me get more into it was actually when the Megaforce palette started. What happened was I woke up on a Saturday morning that I was off and someone had reported the night before that they had found some Megaforce toys. I believe it was Lord Zed on Ranger Board. I was trying my hardest to keep up with, find out where he was, where he lo was located, and I looked everywhere. I found out he was somewhere in like the southeast, maybe like North Carolina, Virginia. I'm not sure. I may be wrong. When I realized how close he might have been, I might be completely wrong. A Lanier Ranger actually convinced me on Twitter to get in my car and start driving because I thought that those toys could be at a Toys R Us nearby. So I got in my car because I had the day off, and I actually went to my closest Toys R Us, didn't find it. Went to a Toys R Us, well, about half an hour away, didn't find it. And then I got to another Toys R Us about an hour and a half away, and I managed to find those toys at the Megaforce palette right at that Toys R Us. And after I started taking the pictures and everything, everyone wanted more information on the toys, so I started recording the, even the item numbers on them, some of the UPCs, and it just started going from there that I was keeping just a running track of all of the Megaforce toys. And then I started realizing later on, as I learned how to how the UBC numbers worked, how the item numbers worked. I started finding out that I could even look stuff up on price checks at stores and things like that, and I could start bringing up even more information with pictures from my phone and stuff like that. That's great. And now I think you're pretty much the go-to guy for a lot of people in this fandom. You've got your blog, you've got Tumblr, your Twitter, and I know if I need to find something, I can just contact you <laughs> or you know look through one of your blog posts or videos. It's been quite interesting to see how you've gone from doing this once or twice to full-blown website and going into it. I was posting a lot of information last year, and I felt like I was constantly reposting information or relying on thread posts on Ranger Crew or Ranger Board or Token Nation to keep up with everything. And then I started getting complaints from people that were saying, oh, can you post this somewhere? Because it's really hard to go through your Twitter feed and all that. And that's when I was just doing the forum posts. But I right. really 
do have to give a shout out to Ranger Crew for what I've been doing over the last four months because he was actually the one that was suggesting uh, last year that I should start a blog and then he suggested again beginning of this year it was actually because of him that I finally started the blog and did that. I think uh, your Tumblr site is a really great source of information and I think it's really easy to find everything. A while back on Ranger Board they had even posed some kind of rule where you couldn't post stock information for whatever reason and that was so stupid i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so stupid no offense anybody over at ranger board but come on it seriously that information it's in the computers it's public information i'm not saying that it's private like oh no one could do anything but at that point when the information hits the computer it's there because it's supposed to be at retail right it's not really as much that it wasn't public or something like that what it was was that i was making the information a hundred times more readily available to everybody and <laughs> were saying that I was making it much easier for scalpers to take the information, go find the toys, buy them, put them on eBay, and everyone will lose their chance to get it. But my rebuttal, and Chris could agree with it, is that the same people that could take the information and go scalp the toys are the same people that could go get it and buy it for themselves. I don't know if I told you about this or not, but I did get ridicule and flack on Twitter for front-paging your Toys R Us Super Megaforce UPC stuff. I actually had somebody ridicule me and call me a, a horrible addition to the fandom for promoting such inaccurate information. <laughs> wow. Look, at the end of the day, this franchise is about toy sales. If something hits the shelves, I know as a toy collector, I want to be the first person to find that. If not, I want to be at least the first person in my area to get it. I've used Andy's information many times to find stuff that was in my area. And let's be real here. I'm lazy. I've got a full-time job. I don't have time to research UPC codes and talk to employees to search the back room. I don't have time for that. So if I know it, that I can go to his site and, oh, sweet, it's in the Target right down the street, then I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, what does that mean? I'm not going to be posting like location information all the time. It's, I only do but, that for the very big items that everyone's but, but the UPC codes, yeah. if I have that, I can just tell someone at the store, hey, I'm looking for this UPC code. I don't have to search all over the store to find it. I just want to yeah. have Andy in my phone as like an app. <laughs> I can be walking around, just pull Andy up on my phone and be like, oh, hey, it's in the store. Cool. <laughs> That's your next move, Andy. It should be the Razzle Dazzle app. <laughs> I was actually think, looking at that. I can't remember who. I think it was Amazon was ta- telling me about some app or something, but I was actually really thinking about it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. From a collector's point of view, I know I get very excited when I find a new toy that maybe hasn't been seen before yet or not a lot of people have it. And I get a real sense of satisfaction from the hunt, so to speak. I want to ask you, do you get the same level of satisfaction finding something first online, whether it be UPC codes or the legacy Titanus a year before it's going to be released? Yes, bravo. I applaud that, by the way. Yes. Awesome. I really do get that excitement. I love finding the toys and just getting, getting the information out there and seeing how everyone reacts to it and everything. Gotten to the point now that I just love hunting down the new information because I... A lot of the time when I'm going after some, trying to find out about something on the, on the internet or at a store or something, I'm just constantly thinking that in, some information is out somewhere out there and it's just up to me to find it. And that's just really it. Yeah, it's great. And I think it's that level of dedication that 
sets you apart as part of this Ranger Nation spotlight that we're doing. It's going above and beyond in the fandom and helping other people out. And I think it's a great service. Even yeah. as an example of, what was it, a few days ago, I stopped by Target and they had some of the uh, Super Mega Force 5-inch figures from the Wave 3. Uh, offhand, I have not seen any of those waves in any stores around me. I know people are already on Wave 3 of collecting, but I haven't seen any of those, and it sucks. Down here in North Carolina, I've only seen Wave 3 at Target. I've see- heard reports of people finding it at Walmarts, uh, like more out to the west or even out to the Cal- out to California. Mm. And I've heard of some people finding it at Toys R Us out to the west. Like I've seen on the Toys R Us computers, they're constantly getting restocks right now of the 5-inch figures. But the restocks that they're getting are actually in smaller trickles that they're getting right now compared to... Like the Ranger Key packs that they're getting a restock of in about a month. The Ranger Key restock is like a gigantic shipment that they're getting in compared to the five inch figures getting a fraction of that every so often. I wonder and, if they don't have like a Ranger Key special coming out at Toys R Us, like buy one, get one kind of thing again. That could very well be. And I was worried about this when I saw these five inch figures at Toy Fair in February. I was worried that there's going to be too many and we're not going to get a lot of them. So. I had a feeling back then that these would be hard to find. I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough, but I just don't think they're in my area, and it stinks. So that's that's why I'm trying to rely on your information. To yeah, for, I mean, to try to help you, I would really say is, I don't know how, how many stores are actually in your area or which ones oh, are tried. It's like... I'm, I'm in the Chicago suburbs, so there's like five targets within a 10-mile radius. Yeah, that's like, what it's, with, that's like what it is with me. I try to explain it to people, and they they don't understand how I'm always at a different target or something but <laughs> where I live in Raleigh North Car- North Carolina and we're actually considered the triangle because it's three major cities right in one small area yes and where I am in uh, the triangle area I've actually looked it up on Google that within a probably 30 mile radius I think I have about 23 or 24 Walmarts three <laughs> Toys R Us and probably about 15 to 20 targets oh my god sheesh So it makes it it pretty easy for me to go around uh, searching stores. I have like one Kmart in the state of Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw it out there. (laughs) All the other ones closed. The the closest thing I have to me is a Walmart, which has just regular Megaforce figures, and that's about it. (laughs) God. Sorry, Andy. What wave is the Zeo Gold Ranger come out of? (laughs) It or no five. So, and I have. Have you posted a listing for Titanium Ranger? Because I haven't seen one. I have not seen a case listing with it anywhere. Which means he's either Wave 6 or he's not coming at all anymore. If they have any case assortments set up, it would probably be 6 or... I don't know how many are missed. And it's really scary when you get to toy lines that run a specific period of time. Those first cases and those last cases, believe it or not, are usually the ones people want the most because it's the ones in the middle that seem to sit there forever. Yeah, it's just... What's helping with that, though, that makes me not worry as much with last year, you're saying that it might be Wave 6 or something think but if you think about it i mean i know eric has his issue of finding a wave three but toy was oh, oh, wave one and two even <laughs> toy was just got in wave four and this is not even the middle of may we still have plenty of time that more could be coming and a lot of people know that to get those further waves the earlier waves have to sell we just have to hope that they get to that point and hope that certain retailers might sell enough to get to that point so now we got some questions for you from other members of ranger nation first from jeff 
Jeffrey Hunter at It's Jeff Wee. He's got a three-part question. First, do you think Bandai Japan could benefit from adopting the Zord Builder system for their DX mechas. Honestly, from my experience with the uh, Sentai mechs, I have all of the Gokaiger and GoBuster ones. They're pretty bulky, so it seems like Zord Builder functionality would be a little bit harder with those because they weigh more also. I think it could, but it's just with how they're made, it would be a little bit harder. And some of the toys are actually already compatible with other seasons. Do you prefer 4-inch or 5-inch figures? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, it's just my mind went the wrong direction when you were talking. (laughs) Ranger Command after dark. There actually were some interesting tags in the Super Mega Force thread on the Ranger board about the whole 4-inch and 5-inch stuff. I would say that I love the 5-inch line more Mm -hmm. because they're... Sometimes they're more detailed, sometimes they're not, but they are a couple dollars more expensive also. The only thing that I'm really thinking about with the 4-inch line is what happened with the Zord Armor Rangers, because I feel like that was a lot of lost potential with them, because with the Zord Armor Rangers, they had a Zord Builder functionality, they had a key on their arms, and they were able to have the 4-inch figures go inside of them. So that was one toy that was compatible with... With three different systems. Yeah. Yeah. The figures that they actually put with them were stuck in the, like one mold and they had no joints and they couldn't do anything and it seemed like they completely missed the boat with the orange figures they did release this year they could have been more usable with the Zord Armor Rangers but apparently Bandai didn't foresee that. And your top five Ranger Morphers or Arsenal that you would like to see receive the legacy treatment? That's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> oh wow. But maybe a quick list of what you would like to see in the legacy line. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to influence in case you didn't know. I, I think Chris wants the Gold Ranger stuff. I would say that is one of the one things that does come to mind is a Golden Power Staff. Um, Legendary Morpher and the Gosei Morpher, I would love to see those as legacy versions. All right, so Gosei Morpher, the Super Mega Force Morpher, the Gold Ranger Staff. Two more. Quasar Saber, pretty easily. Oh, that'd be awesome. Probably a Chrono Morpher. Oh, yeah. Next question from 146 Chris on Ranger Board. He said, how many Power Ranger Zords do you own? Without giving a count, just to start naming them, excluding Sentai stuff, I have Pyramidus and a Super Train Megazord, and then the all of the RPM Zords, and then every single Zord released from Samurai up until now. That's a lot of Zords. From Scott Sandler at DigiRanger1994, he said, what's your favorite toy of something that didn't actually make it on the actual show. So I guess maybe like the bikes or something that was never on I'll answer that very quickly. The Samurai Gold Shogun mode. Yes. I I was dying to see that in the show, but we didn't. Yeah, good choice. And lastly, from Joey ZDX, he asks, where do you work at? Do you work at Toys R Us? (laughs) I think people are curious because you know so much about these systems. I think a lot of people are assuming that you work in retail. Actually, I work at a grocery store. Don't work at a Toys R Us. My local Toys R Us, I've actually use their computers with the other employees there so much that I've really just gotten to the point that I just I know how to use their inventory software better than even the managers and I was actually showing a feature of the software to one of the assistant managers the other day and he was like oh wow I didn't know we could do that and <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. Well, it's no doubt that you do some great work in finding this information. You know, you put a lot of time into this, and I just want to say thanks for all of your work on your site and what you're able to do for the fandom. Maybe as a final thought, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can visit my Power Rangers toy blog, Razzles Dazzles. It's razzle1337.tumblr.com. You can also come see me on my Twitter at razzle1337. And I also have a Facebook for Razzles Dazzles. You can come and visit on there. Great. And we'll post links to that in our episode post on the website. Let me throw this out there. Guys, do you have any questions for Andy here? I don't have any questions. I would say just I'm very happy that you do what you do because it does take a lot of time and effort to get all the information and to, to keep it updated, so to speak. And so just thank you for not falling victim to the negative Nancys who, back when you were first really getting into this, were trying to talk you down, and whether because they thought they were the know-it-alls or what have you and they didn't want someone else jumping in there. I think you do a great job. You do a great service for Ranger Nation, and just keep at it, man. It's awesome. I, I love sharing the information you post on Token Nation, and just keep at it. I yeah. share those sentiments exactly. What you're doing is a great service for fans who want to find the merchandise but just don't know how to or maybe just can't. Like what Chris said, keep on keeping up the good work. So thanks... Andy, for joining us. I was going to say, especially with all the hate I might get or something, it's all pretty tame compared to other things that I've experienced because I've spent a lot of time on the very absolutely worst parts of the internet. So... Stay away from 4chan. <laughs> you mean, just kidding. I, I love you, 4chan. I'm kidding. <laughs> you mean the JDF parts of the internet? Oh. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. Have questions. Email us at rangercommandph at gmail.com or check us out online at rangercommand.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Our next episode will release May 31st and is our big crossover event with Takin Toku at the Nation, featuring the return of AP and more surprises, so you don't want to miss this one. She's going to come in at like the last like 10 minutes and save us all, and it'll be a big heroic return. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right, guys, so thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye, everyone. It's Morgan time. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. Man, I, I haven't heard from AP in a while. I know she's busy, but this isn't like her. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if she was still on your show or not. Well, thanks for filling in so much while she's been busy. It's almost like you're more a part of Ranger Command than talking Toku. Lol. Yeah, it does feel that way. Tom seems a little bit bitter. It, it's kind of like every episode he's always making these crude jokes about you and I and Power Morphicon and all that stuff. You know what? I noticed that. It does seem a little strange. And you know, I, I texted Jordan the other day about the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers reboot news, and yeah. he didn't really seem that thrilled about it. And In fact, I can, I can actually quote him right now in his words, oh great, the possibility of a hundred million dollar plus pile of 
You know, Zach's been a little angry with some of Jordan's comments on Togonation about Power Rangers in general. With everything going on with Tom being bitter, Jordan just being a and, and Zach not being happy with Jordan, it, it makes me wonder, should we still do this crossover? I mean, is it even worth it at this point? Chris, I mean, we've only been teasing it for a month. I think at this point, we kind of have to do it. Uh, you know, I mean, aside from some of the more recent snide remarks that they've been making at each other behind the scenes, you know, it, it does seem like for the most part, everyone does get along. So, you know, uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I think we're good, man. I, what's the worst that can happen? Haha, <laughs> touche. It's not like AP and Tom would get together behind our backs and stage a mutiny or anything. <laughs> Jordan and Zach are as friendly as puppies when they're on the air. They wouldn't go at each other. You're right. I was totally worrying about nothing. <laughs> this has been another great presentation by the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can find more information at foureyedradio.com.